How do managers manage when no one is in the office? Today in Remote Space, we interview two managers who used to manage staffs in the office and families in their homes. Hello? Uh, yeah, right. I'm sending that over in an hour. The meeting today? Another one? Hold on one sec. Enough! (laughs) Working from home not as much fun as you imagined? Remote Space explores the tools and philosophies we use as we work more remotely. We'll talk to experts who have mastered remote work, those studying the shift in how we work, and those learning on the run. Here's your host, Doug Thomas. I'm Doug Thomas. The coronavirus has upended work and home for most Americans. There's a subset of corporate workers, many in the tech industry, who can still do a good percentage of their work from home. So they're not going through the seismic shifts of some businesses that are laying off staff or simply closing. But there are obstacles to overcome, lessons to learn in this new, unexpected world. I wanted to talk to two teammates of mine who are managing both families and teams, Jody Allard and Trish Winterhunt. 63 days ago, the three of us were working at our respective desks at Microsoft in Redmond, Washington. Jody and Trish, I want to start off with a little time travel. It's a distance future, at least a year, maybe two years. And you're at the office having a really good day at Microsoft at your desk. And suddenly you have a reflection and you think, oh my gosh, it was so much better when I was in this state of working from home when I didn't even know what day it was because I really miss blank. Jody, what would you think you missed in a couple of years thinking back to this thing? Pajamas all day. (laughs) (laughs) And is there a favorite type of pajamas that you wear or do you have, do you just have one pair? I definitely am not wearing the same pair of pajamas every day. I promise. I like the loungewear that sort of looks like it's real clothes, but it's still basically pajamas. Okay. So pajama day at work may be a thing in the near future. Trish, anything comes to mind? I just want to say that's like a new leisure suit, right? Instead of athleisure, you have like your work leisure now. For me, gosh, I would say the flexibility, whatever that means, right? Like there's no such thing, but just being able to accommodate random requests that come up, you know, for the kids or, you know, if I just need to go for a stroll, I can. It's literally opening the back gate and I'm, I'm there. So that's helpful. And no commute, right? Like that's a prize too. Yes, that's definitely one uh, I know for me on that. And let's kind of uh, dig into a little bit of this. So is there a type of schedule that you're working on on a day-to-day basis or is it just basically set up by meetings? How much is planned? How much is not planned? Oh, I plan. I don't work the plan though. Like that's my problem is I have all these intentions. I even set up like a schedule and, you know, and timing and blocking it out. And like, it just, it does not happen. There's just too much randomization. As flexible as it is, it is so randomizing at the same time. Joan, anything on schedule? Yeah, I'm a big scheduler. I am currently homeschooling totally not voluntarily uh, for children. And so they all have schedules, different calls that they're doing with classes. So 
I tried to start as sort of a loose schedule and I found that they were just constantly asking me questions and constantly interrupting meetings. So actually they have a super regimented down to every 15 minute schedule (laughs) that they follow from 9am until 5pm. And I basically try to work those same hours. It doesn't mean that I don't sometimes get interrupted or have to help them, but it at least keeps us on sort of this nine to five cadence. Great. Okay. So you have four children that are homeschooling and what else is home? I know you have at least one dog. I have two dogs. I got a puppy during quarantine because I figured it was a good time because I'd be home. And then I do also have three older children who are adults and two of them have quarantined with me often with their significant others. <laughs> so I have a very full house of people all <laughs> using my internet at the same time. So that's probably the gaps we hear everyone doing homeschooling. And uh, Trish, what's, uh, uh, what is home life? Uh, who is in home life right now with you? There's my husband, our three-year-old, and then also our seven-year-old. So we have one person that we're homeschooling. And to Jody's point, it's really challenging between the bandwidth and the scheduling and being on Zoom meetings and making sure that, you know, he has everything ready and set up. It's interesting. But yes, only four in our household. So that's that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll throw in, uh, I have four in the household. I have a wife who works for the Edmonds School District. And then I have two 20-year-olds, one who is which is doing a full quarter online. So constantly on that. But luckily, being 20, I don't have to set the schedule for them. <laughs> At least I shouldn't have to. Let's talk a little bit about interruptions. Can you tell me a tale of one time where you had to deal with an interruption and and how you got around it? Yeah, I went in, you you know, it was was a lunch break, right? So we're all eating lunch, but I had to run out for a meeting. But our three-year-old had a complete blowout. And if you're a parent, you know what that means. And not just like up the back, like dripping on the floor. Like So five minutes before a meeting, I'm sitting there scrubbing the carpet on my hands and knees and trying to sanitize everything. And, you know, and he's crying and a quick transition right back into work. That was odd for sure. <laughs> One of the things that I read was a uh, blogger named Jonathan uh, Lundberg, who had some principles about working at business right now. And one of the things I love to hear was, you know, everyone says we're working from home. He says, you're not working from home. You're at home during a crisis trying to work, which is a different game than just, oh, I'm working from home these days. Is there any thoughts on that quote that come to mind? I love that quote. I actually worked from home, you know, fully remote for two out of my last three employers. And so I'm used to working from home, but working from home in that scenario means potentially childcare coming into the house. It means the ability to leave the house and go work at a Starbucks. So it's just completely different. And all of the sort of techniques and coping strategies that I developed while working fully remote just don't apply to the current situation that we're facing. So this is not working from home. This is like surviving and then having everything just pile into your household. (laughs) True. Um, And there's this thing, you know, we started hearing about like Shakespeare wrote King Lear during a quarantine or uh, Newton discovered gravity. I don't think we heard much about their home daycare that they had to deal with while doing those things during quarantine. But is there anything new that you're learning besides just surviving these days? Well, I'd love to know if they would have developed those things if they had been primary caregivers of children, (laughs) first of all, like they're men. (laughs) I'd love to hear a story about a mother who discovered some amazing thing while caring for children in a quarantine. And I think there's a reason we're not hearing those stories. (laughs) 
But at the same time, I, I will add that the factoid I learned yesterday is that something you did accomplish, though, during the quarantine, which you're now a graduate of some sort. Yes, I finished my final semester of law school in quarantine, which frankly was incredibly challenging trying to do it online and not being able to do things like write finals in a quiet place away from my kids. So I did it and I'm glad I did it, but it was a lot more difficult than when I sat in a classroom and, and could go and you know study in the library. So I think we're all finding our ways to deal with it. But I don't know many people who have picked up a huge hobby right now. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have the answer of somebody did something like King Lear. They will become a lawyer soon. That's fantastic. When you're dealing with, again, these things we hear all the time, and I, you know, it's seeming like everyone has a quote that they get somewhere in social media that kind of powers them for a day or two. My favorite was... Um, you know that thing you look at it constantly it gives you all the bad news? It's called a phone. You can actually pick up and talk to somebody instead of just reading ad nauseum. When we hear about lists about well-being, mental health, is there anything that has stuck with you that that is something that you have returned to or talked to people about? Yeah, for me, I, I've had conversations around, you know, there's another quote floating around that says something like, you know, we're not all in the same boat, we're all in the same storm, which is really true. We all have different circumstances. And I think that alleviates this idea of comparative suffering where, you know, someone has it worse than you, so you shouldn't feel bad. And and it's hard for everyone, right? Like we need to acknowledge that and support it. And no matter what your situation looks like, this is just really tough. So really trying to get people out of this comparison trap because it just, that's just a downward spiral, right? That's a very good quote. I'm sure I'll steal it at some point. Let's shift focus a little bit and talk about, you both manage teams of people at work. So besides your stay-at-home families, you have stay-at-home teams that you're working with. Is there a story or something you can tell me about how this has changed the way you work with a team? For my team, I think we relied on a lot of those informal interactions to create and sustain a sense of being a team and caring about each other's lives and being involved in each other's lives. And when we started working remotely, I found that I had to really create a way for us to connect in that way because it just didn't organically come about in the way that it used to. So we've done things like have team meetings, actually all of our team meetings in quarantine have been replaced with sort of fun events, whether it's just a touch base or everybody's going to show us their pets. We did that one day <laughs> and everybody, you know, pick up their dog or cat and, and show us another day. We played games for one of our team meetings. So it's really important to me that people's well-being and connection is the first priority. And so trying to build in more fun to replace those organic interactions. When you're managing face-to-face, -face, there's a sense of reading the room that you have. It doesn't have to be managing, but when you're with a group of people, that whole thing of reading the room is kind of out the door when you're on video or audio as we are now. Is there anything that can substitute for that? Or do you just have to ask more direct questions or we're just in this gap? I think you really have to be much more direct and clear with what you want because you're right, that nuance and, you know, to Jody's point, like those drive-bys and those small interactions really fill in a lot of communication gaps otherwise, right? It's tough to read into a, a voice, especially especially if they're distracted, right? Like they may be frustrated about something that they're seeing outside. Like I'm looking outside right now and my dog is 
chewing on things she should not be chewing on. And that may come across, you know, it may come across as frustration if I'm on a team call, but really it's being distracted. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like I ask a lot of questions. I don't want our one-on-ones to feel like an inquisition, but (laughs) at the same time, I think I ask the same question over and over. So I have folks on my team that have really young kids, and I know they're struggling because they've expressed that to me. But I don't just ask, you know, how are you doing? How's it going? How's childcare working out? Are you able to create a schedule once or twice? You know, I'm asking this even multiple times in a 30-minute meeting, and often I get a different answer the second or third time, because we're all inclined to say everything's fine, especially at the first asking. But when you keep pressing and keep asking, that's when you tend to get to the core. And since I don't have body language, I have to just keep hammering away (laughs) until they finally tell me what they're struggling with so that we can make sure that they have the supports they need. That's great. I, I'm not managed by either of you. And I know that I would give that answer because I think almost every time now someone says, like, how was the weekend? I'll just go into some regard of, oh, it was great. I went out for dinner a couple of times, saw some friends, went, you know, went for a hike and just all the things I cannot do just because I'm tired of the long pause of, well, I sat at home. But that's good, though. Uh, the multiple question digging was great. And she's a lawyer now, so she can do that. <laughs> she's really effective at it. I will pry the truth out of you. <laughs> and then after that, she's going to ask for a fee. I often joke, like people come into my office to tell me all sorts of things. And I often joke, like, I, I think I need a copay now, right? <laughs> like, I'm happy to do it. But yeah, it's, it's tough. Do people drop in at all now online with you? I have to prompt it. I, a lot of people are still concerned that they want to, that they're disturbing you or that they're bugging you. I think because everyone has kind of this like online fatigue right now, there's online meeting fatigue. But like, I'm not used to typing out all my communication all the time. And it is easier to just hop on a phone call. So I do try to encourage it, but like, I have to be the one to initiate it for sure. We work at a company that uh, over the last several years has really tried to work hard to make sure that anyone can work everywhere at any time using their whatever device and be on anytime they need to be. How does that sound now versus what that sounded like six months ago? I mean, I don't like the idea that anyone can work 24-7 anyway. <laughs> I, like, I don't think that should ever be a goal. So how it sounds now, I think we're more aware from like an accessibility standpoint. I think we're more aware of the frustrations or challenges with working remotely. I think we have a newfound respect for it. But as far as like being able to work anywhere, whenever, however, and as long as you need to, like I'm still hesitant to sign off on anything that supports that. One of the things that we've talked about beforehand is um, work projects and not necessarily our projects we're working on, but just business in general. So this could be your teams, this could be your friends who are in other businesses. But do you hear of people leaning or leaning out of certain projects? For example, if some people might be fearful that they, because they're taking leave or that they have large families at home, they might be hindered on their career growth. Uh, Others finding opportunities to take new challenges based on some newfound perspective. Is there is there any type of struggle that we're we're not talking about or that you're hearing about about dealing with it's kind of like load balance of home and business where in the office that seems to be a direct line and now that line has been snapped because home and business is the same thing or the same place. People on my team, I, I think, and, and I think this is actually 
a broader concern are definitely afraid that if they were to take advantage of leaves or work fewer hours, that it might have an impact on the rewards and, and just their career trajectory. And I think as a manager, one of my primary goals during this time is to convey that that's simply not the case and that, you know, at all levels, we're going to look at the situation really realistically when we're considering that. And so that's been a lot of the conversations that I've had with my team when they talk about work right now. It's how do they figure out, you know, if you're home with a toddler or not even a toddler, I have people on my team with children less than one year old and a preschooler and no childcare, you know, what does work look like and how do they ensure that what they're doing now is still serving their career development. And so I think there's a lot of very frank conversations that have to be had. And we've had to be really relentless about focusing on only the work that's the most important. If you don't have as much time in the day, then the time you're spending needs to be the highest impact work. For myself, I would say I don't I don't really worry about that. Like I have a ton of kids. I've had to figure this out for a long time. So I'm just going to keep figuring it out. And it helps to remember this is really a temporary situation. And it may be difficult right now, but we're not going to be here forever, I hope. (laughs) What's uh, something that you hope that we take from this when we get back to that normal sense, as you were saying, Jody, is there something that you want to make sure that yourself or collectively as as corporate America that we take back to the office in wherever that time is? Well, I hope we don't take it back straight into the office 100%. I think this is certainly proven that people are able to work from home and be effective. Maybe we don't want to work from home 100% of the time. And certainly, I think we all want to leave our house. (laughs) But I'd love to see us proceed with much more flexibility and really just ultimate flexibility. My attitude has always been that people should work wherever and on whatever schedule works for them, as long as they're able to attend meetings that matter, etc. So I'd love to see us just be more realistic about working from home, because it does offer, you know, in this area, we don't have to commute, we're able to be there more for our kids here and there during the day if we need to, there's a lot of benefits to that. And ultimately, one thing I keep hearing from everybody is they find they're working more. So it may even be that we're more productive and we work longer hours when we don't have things like the commute to distract us. Here, here. I just want to uh, shift a little bit and uh, talk about family since, again, you both are dealing with children, homeschooling them. How has online learning worked for you, especially if you're sharing internet, sharing devices? I was fortunate that prior to this, I was actually teaching online courses. So I was really familiar with a lot of the equipment and the setup and what was needed, but it was still a struggle, right? Because I have a seven-year-old that now has to do everything and sit still, you know, to look at a computer all day. And that's just not how he normally works. It's tough. As far as device sharing, we've been really, we get a great discount, right? So we've been fortunate that we all have equipment that we need. But desk space is definitely at a premium right now. Like There's just piles everywhere. There's technology everywhere. I mean, it really is just getting through day to day. For my family, I think because we didn't use screens very much, I had all my kids sharing one laptop that was super locked down. And that worked fine in our pre-quarantine world. So we had a major technology lapse. We just didn't have enough tech, so I had to buy extra computers, get them set up, figure out what the right approach was. 
different teachers are using different systems. You know, my kids are all in the same school district, yet some classes are on Teams, some classes are on Zoom, some people are using one district website, other people are using others. So it's kind of like work, frankly, where every team that you interact with does things a little bit differently. But I have four kids with four homeroom teachers and two middle schoolers who have seven teachers each. That's a huge number of teachers and different ways of doing things. So it's really challenging just getting everybody set up and organized. And then technology in terms of everyone being on the devices at the same time, my internet can't handle it. And even just in our neighborhood, there's so much congestion that even if I'm the only one online, it's still really challenging because everybody else is online in the entire neighborhood and we live in the middle of the city. So it's already pretty congested. And just to add on to that, you know, going back to the idea that we have to over communicate to make sure that our points get across, the teachers and the school districts are all over communicating. Like I cannot tell you how many emails I have to sift through on a daily basis just to understand what my son needs to do for the next two hours. So I can only imagine, Jody, your situation where there's multiple teachers and like, it's just nuts. It's nuts. I could not agree with that more. The number of emails per teacher, (laughs) per class, and then we have principals sending us emails as well, and the school district sending emails. One parent, bless their soul, created a weekly checklist for one of the kids' classes. So that parent actually went in and organized all the materials for that class. And so the teacher started sending that out. And that person has saved my life. I just wish the teachers were doing that because we're getting all this information thrown at us from a variety of portals and websites and email. And that's hard for me to stay on top of. But then you ask a nine-year-old to sit down and figure out what they need to do. And it's just absurd. Totally. Like how many passwords do you have to maintain right now? It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. One of my kids spent an entire week working in a, it's called IXL. It's, it's like an online lesson platform. She spent a whole week working on there. And when I went at the end, I was like, okay, what did you do of this? She hadn't done anything aside. So I don't know what grade level she learned or what she learned. She learned something, but it definitely wasn't what was assigned for the entire week. <laughs> My, is there such a thing as uh, being concerned about how much screen time kids are getting, or is that just gone now? It's out the window for me. I mean, we still try, I guess I should say, like not all screen time is created equal, right? So we do try to take that into consideration. But there are times where, yeah, I'm extending the hour, you know, allotted screen time for the day because I just need to get some work done, right? And it's not ideal, but especially when it's gloomy outside or it's cold or you're just out of options and you need something quiet, like Lego racing games it is. Yeah, my kids are older, so I think it's a lot easier. I used to work from home when my kids were younger, and I totally had no choice sometimes but to put them in front of something so I could attend a meeting. Because my kids are older, they are better able to follow the schedule themselves. And so outside of the the school screens, which of course is basically half their day, they get an hour. But to make that even workable, I just bought like a trampoline, a foosball table, some like stretchy things that kids can climb on. And I'm turning my garage into a child layer because I need them to go somewhere, <laughs> somewhere quiet. <laughs> 100%. No, same here. Like we bought this like rubber axe throwing kit, <laughs> We ordered more Legos. I actually have a big surprise coming, like one of those electronic Jeep things that, you know, drives around the neighborhood. Cause I'm like, I just, please, I just need something to entertain you for at least 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And when you think about it, there's a lot of families who just had to buy laptops and now realistically, the only way to entertain their kids off a screen would be to invest in a bunch of other things. So 
I'm lucky that I'm even able to do that because I send my kids outside when it's sunny, but this is Seattle. And so I need stuff that's going to entertain them. I, I bought a bunch of books. You know, it's all buy, buy, buy. Amazon's at my door every day. So I'm finding ways to keep them off the screens, but it's just not practical for everyone to be able to do that. I hope the term child's lair uh, gets into the lexicon soon. I like that a lot. Let's uh, flip the coin. What are some of the misconceptions about working from home during COVID? One of the things that I've noticed is working from home and balancing everything that we're doing is has really magnified this divide between the people who have children and the people who don't. You know, for instance, things like the parental leave option is seen like I've, I've heard people quoted as a vacation. And part of me is like, can I come out from vacation now? Like, This is not a vacation by any means. And even I had another person say to me like, oh yeah, it must be tough working from home with the kids, but I'm sure once they're asleep, you can get all your work done. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like I magically have this burst of energy at 830 and I'm like, I'm raring to go. So it's just, I think there's still a lot of work to do around expectations and perspectives and, you know, that's only going to come with time. I totally agree too. And just the emotional burden of trying to manage everything with your kids and trying to manage work. You know, we always as parents have some degree of worrying about our kids or or that's at least on the back burner of our consciousness when we're working. But it's very different when you're really actively trying to manage their education. That's certainly not something I'm trying to do in a normal environment. So by the end of the day, I'm just done. Like I am wiped out. It is so difficult to even pick up a book and read it, much less cook dinner. You know, things that we would normally do at the end of the day, I think there's just so much less mental energy. So something like working in the evening is just a joke. <laughs> like you you don't want the work that you're going to get from me after I put my kids to bed. And I have people on my team trying to actually work in the evenings and take chunks of the day out to watch infants and things like that. And you know, it's just such a tax on them right now in a way that none of us are used to experiencing. Is there any type of, I don't want to say ritual, but is there any type of other thing that's been a a bomb for the family? Is it dinner time? Is it game? Is it we're going to do a movie night on a certain time? Is there something that seemingly works for the entire family, which I know is complex, even if you're dealing with three people or, you know, a small amount, let alone a, a horde? We're pretty good at sitting down for dinner. And that was prior to, you know, COVID and, and working from home. So we've maintained that ritual. I will say that our movie night, which normally happened, you know, maybe once a week, it's like three times a week now, like there's popcorn for dinner. I'm tired. <laughs> like Yeah, for us, we also, at least the days I was not in class, we would always have dinner together as a family. So that's not new. But I would say I was really bad about doing things at home in a ritual way. We would tend to just go out on our weekends and do fun stuff. And and that option isn't there. So I've had to create new rituals. So we have started doing a weekly movie night that the kids earn by not driving me insane uh, during the course of the week. And then they also, we just started doing this week, we started doing a screen-free Sunday and that's for everybody. Like even my son's girlfriend who's staying here has to give up her screens. And that I thought we would probably play more board games or do things like that. But we actually just had a really quiet day. The kids played outside, the young ones, the older ones read books. And so I think we're going to keep doing that just because we are so inundated with screens right now, myself included. Yeah, that's a great point. We, you know, we're probably playing more board games, but similar to you, like if it's a chill day, like Sunday, it was like, let's just hang out, right? Like let's not 
have any agenda or anything that we have to do. Let's just completely relax. And it was, it was refreshing for sure. Fabulous. Jody, Trish, thank you very much for your time and uh, sharing your stories with us. And at some point, uh, we will see you. Uh, I'll see you online, and someday we will uh, see each all each other some other place that's not our home with our kids hanging around us. So thank you very much for your time. Yay! Thank you. Thanks. This was fun. And stay healthy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to hear more stories and lessons learned from those working in the remote space.